You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you this morning. And uh, I flew in last Saturday is when I arrived, and I fly out very early Tuesday morning. In fact, I'm staying with Jeff and uh, Carmel, and Jeff has the great privilege and pleasure of leaving at 3 a.m., Tuesday morning to, uh, he hasn't even complained about it. In fact, he smiles. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's had my back every which way that I've turned. But it is good to be here with you this morning. And uh, boy, this last song that we sang, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it's, for me, it's awful easy to sing the songs. Holy Spirit, you know, you're present here. Feel this place, the atmosphere. And, but that's what Christianity is all about. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus all about his presence, and uh, as Stuart has taught, others have taught, I spoke a little bit last time I was here about the abiding in Christ, it's about Jesus, it's about Jesus, and when I came to the point in my life where I realized, and I'm still realizing it, still trying to get it all sorted out and live it, but to realize that God does not expect me to live the Christian life, boy, what a relief that was. God does not expect me to live the Christian life. There's only one who has ever lived the life that should be lived. Adam was intended to do it, but he blew it, and uh, he and Eve. But there's only one who lived the life that was intended to be lived by God when he created us, and that was Christ. And he said it was the Father living in him who did it. He said, the things you see me do, it's not me doing it, it's the Father living in me doing it. And the things you hear me say, they're not my own. It's, I only say what I hear the Father saying. I only do what I see the Father doing. It's the Father living in me who's doing his work. Acts 2.22 says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. And if Jesus himself did not live that life on his own, but it was the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Spirit of the Father living in and through him. What in the Sam Hill chance do I have to live that life? I can't do it. Can't do it. Glory to God. Blessed is the day we figure that one out, right? Well, I got a buddy with me. He had a little cameo last week. You can. How's that? You hear my jawbone? Yeah. Jawbone. Am I, am I doing all right now? Yeah. You want to come up with just Junior? Junior, Junior, Junior. Here we are again, buddy, and you still have not found that shoe, have you? G'day, Mike. I'm sorry. G'day, Mike. That's Australian. It is, huh? Yeah. I talk Australian now. I did not know that you spoke Australian. Do you? I don't think I speak Australian. Good day, mate. You say it. Good day, mate. That's pathetic. <laughs> Try again. Good day, mate. That's a shame. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. <laughs> I'm dirty good. Yeah, Judy, you're pretty. You're pretty good. Well, Junior, it's, uh, aren't you glad to be back here? Man, the lead just drives. I'm glad to be anywhere. (laughs) 
Do you feel bad about saying that? Not at all. <laughs> I'm just glad I said it before he did. Yes. <laughs> all right. He's my mate. Yeah. He's your mate. Jeff's your mate. Jeff's my mate. Yeah, Jeff's your mate. You're my mate. Thank you very much. That's Australian. Okay, thank you very much. I, I got that. Well, Junior, you know what we're going to talk about this week, this weekend? I'm going to talk a little bit about the what? Mate? No. I'm going, to talk, I'm going to talk about the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? Uh-huh. What is the kingdom of God? Um, help me. Uh, the king, okay. The Bible talks a lot about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The church? Well, heaven? I'm not sure. Okay. Junior, one of the things I want to get across this weekend is that what God wants us to do in uh, teaching according to the scriptures, especially the gospels, is what Jesus did time and time again throughout his life. He talked on and on and on and on about the kingdom of God. Yeah, and you know what he wanted? He always did. He declared and he demonstrated the kingdom of God. Jesus went from town to town declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of God, doing kind of a show and tell. Show and tell. I remember. Yes. So Jesus declared and demonstrated the kingdom of God wherever he went. And that's what he wants us to do. Can you say that? Yeah. Declare and demonstrate. Can you say it? Um, how about this? Jesus declared and demonstrated the kingdom of God. Yes. You say that. How, how about this? D and D. The K-O-G. D and D. The K-O-G. Yeah. Declare and demonstrate the kingdom of God. D and D, the K O G. You got to do the. You do it. D and D, the K O G. Man, you need a tic tac. D and D, the K O G. D and D, the K O G. D and D, the K O G. You like it? Yeah, it's kind of kind of rapish. D and D, the K O G. I think it's got a ring to it. I think it's got a little ring to it too. Junior, listen, I'm gonna. You know, I don't have a lot of time here. What do we got? Oh, we got maybe 30, 45 minutes. Can I talk? No, you talked last time, and uh, I, we did this last time. Junior, I'm also going to talk about, you know what, it's Christ in us, isn't it? Uh-huh. You know, you know why you can talk? Uh-huh. Why can you talk? Because I'm Junior. No, you can talk because of I, me being in you. Uh-huh. And I'm in you. Yep, and I'm in you. Yeah. And without me, you can do what? D-N-D, the K-O-G. No, you can't D-N-D, the K-O-G. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. And apart from Jesus, we can do what? Nothing. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> One person in here knows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're doing a good job, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. You might need another coffee. <laughs> Or two. Yeah. D and D, the K-O-G. Junior, I'm going to put you back in here for right now. In this old suitcase, yes. 
You know, I hate this suitcase. I know it, buddy. This kind of hurts. I'm sorry. Ow, sorry, Junior. And you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> well, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Well, what is... Uh, uh, for the, next, for the next three sessions that I have, I want to talk about the kingdom of God. And honestly, the more I learn about the kingdom of God, the less I think I know about the kingdom of God. And the more I read about it, the less I think I know about it and how to live it. And honestly, and, and, and what I want to do over these next three sessions is really just share let you kind of look over my shoulder of some of the things I'm learning. Let me tell you from the outset, I am no expert on the kingdom of God. There are so many things about the kingdom of God, obviously, that I don't know. I bet that surprises you. There are so many things. The more I learn, and honestly, in some areas, the more frustrated I get. Uh, I remember... Oh, boy, probably a couple weeks ago, I was sitting in my office, and I was trying to find this scripture and that scripture and sort this out and put it together and say, how am I going to teach this, and what am I going to do with it, and how am I going to do it? And honestly, I became so uh, just uptight and confused, and I just, I just went home. I went home, and I got home, and I told my wife, I said, you know, the more I study this kingdom of God... The more, the more frustrated I'm becoming, and, and I said, I'm just going for a walk. So I went for a walk, and as I was walking, the Lord spoke to me very clearly, and he said, Chip, you're making this way too complicated. Even a child can understand this. Jesus said, unless we become like little children, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are the little children, let them come unto me, for unto such belongs the kingdom of God. And this morning I had just a, a really, really sweet reminder of, of the innocence of what God wants us to be. We were having our prayer time around the cross at 6.30 this morning. And uh, Matt and Jack's little girl was there. She was with, with Jack, and she was sitting next to me. And as, as we were praying, their, their little baby was making those little baby sounds. You know, the little Google and gurgle and and all this, just those sweet little baby sounds. And I looked over at, at Jack, and she was sitting there, and she had her little baby just tightly bundled in her little blanket, and, and the little baby was just leaning against her chest, probably just listening to her heartbeat. And I thought, oh, Jesus, Lord, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be childish, but I want to be childlike. I want to trust Jesus and realize that it's not that I have to be so clever and so smart and got it all figured out, but above all things, just to trust him. You know, he, I'm not holding on to him. He's holding on to me. And not only is he holding on to me, he's in me. Maybe you've heard someone say before, well, there was a lady actually named Hannah Whitehall Smith, and she was preaching and she uh, talking. She was, talks a lot about our identity and who we are in Christ, but she, she was talking about it, and someone came up to her after she had spoken, and someone said, oh, Mrs. Smith, I just hope Jesus doesn't let you slip through his fingers. 
And she said, but oh, dear sir, I am one of his fingers. And there's a big difference. He's not walking beside me. He's inside me. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So anyway, talking about the kingdom of God, what do you think is the one phrase? What is one phrase or one word that will absolutely capture the teaching and the ministry of Jesus? You know, I've heard people ask that question. I've asked that question. What is the one phrase? What is the one word that you think absolutely captures? What, What is it that if you say this was Jesus' teaching in one word or one phrase, what would it be? And some have said, well, I think it's love. Well, I think it's forgiveness. Well, he talked about heaven. He talked about the crucifixion. And he did talk about all those things. But... More than anything else in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, I believe, Jesus focused on the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at that, uh, some Scriptures, in a, in, a, in a minute. But before we do that, and we're going to look at quite a few Scriptures, actually, this morning. But before we do that, I've, I've used this several times already since I've been here. But you know what this is? That's a plumb line. That's a plumb line. My dad was a brick mason, and one morning he was going to build, start building a carport next to our home, and I was going to help him, and I saw him tying up a little string like this, and I said, Daddy, what's that for? He said, Chip, that's the plumb line, and we have to make sure that the corner of the building that I'm building, the bricks are absolutely straight with the plumb line. As long as there's no wind and there's gravity, this is going to be absolutely straight. And the Bible is our plumb line. What you and I think about something may be good and interesting conversation over coffee, but what really matters is what does the Bible say? So this morning we're going to look at what does the Bible say about the kingdom of God. Let me see if I can just hang this right here. What does the Bible say? We need to know our Bibles. We need to read our Bibles. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be careful to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So the things that I talk about this morning, you go into the scriptures and find them yourself. The guy who led me to the Lord, he said, Chip, if anybody tells you anything about the Bible or about God, you go into the scriptures and you find it for yourself. Be a good Berean, Acts 17.11. And it says, uh, the Bereans were a more noble character than the Thessalonians. They, uh, 1711, the Bereans are more noble character than the Thessalonians. They listened intently to what Paul had to say, but then they searched the Scriptures to see if what he had to say was true. So go through the Scriptures. Look at the Scriptures as, uh, as you listen to what I say. Well, Mark 115 is a Scripture really I'm going to be basing my teachings from. So if you go to Mark 116, 115, Mark 115. If you don't have your Bible, just pull it next to a Christian. I'm kidding. I heard a guy say that one time, and I just wanted to say that. Actually, he, actually what he said was, it was a guy uh, at a conference we were at, and he said, turn in your Bibles to this, and he said, if you don't have your Bibles, may God have mercy on your sin-sick, shriveled-up soul. I'm glad I have my Bible. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And it says, I'll start at 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And this is what Jesus said. 
The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So the time has come. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And this is what Jesus, I believe, he preached on and on and on through his life. If, if we ask the question, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Many of us would say, well, the gospel is... Uh, the gospel is Jesus died on a cross. Jesus rose from the dead. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He went to heaven. That's the gospel. But the Bible says that when Jesus, uh, he, he came down off the temptation with, with Satan, and he began to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. What was he preaching? Jesus didn't start preaching about his death until later on in his life. Uh, maybe what was it, about two-thirds through his life that Jesus started preaching the gospel. I mean, his death, burial, and resurrection. But the Bible says Jesus was preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God. He said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So this morning, the gospel, repent and believe the good news. The, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. So what I want to look at this morning is the importance of the kingdom of God. What was so important? Why, why was the New Testament so uh, fixated on the kingdom of God? And the reason I want to do this is because I'm just hungry for more of what Jesus has. And honestly, this is where some of the frustration. I read about the kingdom of God where Jesus declared and demonstrated the kingdom of God. He sent his 12 out to declare and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Then he sent the 72 out to declare and demonstrate the kingdom of God. And then he sends you and me out to declare and demonstrate the kingdom of God. And what I want to know is, God, how do I do that? Lord, what is the kingdom of God? How, what does it really mean? How do I do it? How important is that? And we see, God, we see Jesus doing so many things in the Scriptures, and He tells us to continue to teach and preach all that He has commanded us. And how do we do that? And what is possible? I came to Christ when I was 19 years old. I did not grow up in a church. I was never taught what is and isn't true in the Bible. I was never taught these things don't happen anymore. When I became a Christian, I was just so absolutely lost. I got saved overnight. Just Jesus exploded in my life. And as I began to read the scriptures, if it said it, I just did it. I told my wife, I said, my early years absolutely ruined me. Because when I got saved, I remember, and, and I know it doesn't happen like this for everybody. My children get a little frustrated that it didn't happen like this for them. But when I went down on my knees and prayed to receive Jesus, and then when I stood up, I was just so in love with Jesus. And I saw God do mighty things. I remember one time, just young in the Lord, and I was, I was reading the scripture in James. I had the whole thing messed up. I wasn't reading it in context. All I remembered of it was that the Bible says, if anyone's sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and they'll anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith will raise the sick up. I was brand new in the Lord. I, I didn't get the part about the elders and all that kind of stuff. But I was working at a place during the summer called Neighborhood House. It was an inner city place. And I was working with an atheist and I was working with other people. And it was the only place I was ever told, you can't bring your Bible in here. And there was a little boy named Brian who would come up to me almost every day. And this little boy would run up to me and he'd look me in the face. He'd say, Mr. Chip, God hates you. Mr. Chip. 
Satan hates you. And he'd run off. And I'd say, Lord, what is this about? And his teacher over here was a, an atheist. And this little Brian would run up to me every day and just, not every day, but a couple of times a week. And he'd run up to me and get in my face. Mr. Chip, God hates you. Lord, how can I, what can I do about this? The last day I was there for the job, for that particular summer, this was between my university years during the summer summer job. The last day I was there, we were having a kind of a, a teacher's meeting before the day began, and little Brian walks in, and Brian is going, <gasps> he's having an asthma attack, he couldn't breathe. And I had just read this scripture, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. And I was sitting there, and I was watching this, and I sensed the Lord say to me, pray for him, anoint him with oil, and pray for him, and I'll heal him. Well, I'd never done anything like that, but I just said, oh, okay, Lord, okay. So the place was sitting full there, and I said uh, to Brian, I said, Brian, God just told me that if I pray for you, he'll heal you. You, you want me to pray for you and he'll heal you? And when I said that, I thought, oh, no, what did I just say? <laughs> Everybody's watching. Oh, God, what did I just say? He said, ah. So I went down to the kitchen, and, I, and everybody was looking at me like, what are you, some sort of an idiot? And I, I went down to the kitchen, and uh, I got out a bottle of cooking oil, and I got a, a, a paper towel, and, you know, I didn't know you are supposed to just kind of dab it. I doused this thing, you know. I mean, this thing was dripping. And I took Brian outside uh, to my car, and I said, okay, Brian, I'm going to anoint you with oil. And, he, and I just rubbed his little head. If nothing else, he was going to have some smooth skin when we got done with this, you know. So I, oh, and he just dripping, you know, oil just running down. And I was praying. I said, Lord, you, you told me to pray for this. And I said, Lord, if you don't heal him, I'm going to look really dumb. And Lord, if you don't heal him, you're going to look really dumb. Lord, you got to heal this boy. And, and the Lord healed him. I'm, now, I say healed him. His asthma stopped. Just, just, just like that. So, thank you. And then. And then later on, we, and he came back into the school, and I came back into the school, and, you know, I was kind of like, you know, a deer in the headlights, what just happened, Lord? And, but, but I was seeing this stuff happen, and little Brian came in, he ran up to me, and he said, Mr. Chip, did you heal me? I said, no, Brian, I didn't heal you. I said, Brian, who healed you? He said, God. I said, yeah. He said, Mr. Chip. I said, what? He said, God can do that again, can't he? I said, yeah, God can do that again. Well, I believe that's a part of declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of God. And I saw God do things like that. And honestly, I'm not seeing quite as much today. And sometimes God does, sometimes God doesn't. That's what I can't figure out. But what ruined me is I've seen these things happen. You've seen these happen. I've seen this great joy of the Lord. I've seen demons cast out. I've seen people healed. I've seen people not healed. But demonstrating and declaring the kingdom of God is our commission to go out and do this stuff. And also one of the reasons I want to I want to understand Jesus kept talking and talking and talking about the kingdom of God. And I want to know what that means because life is short and I want to get in on all that I'm supposed to get in on. My best friend of 40 Two years was killed in an automobile accident just a few months ago. 
just died instantly. Car hit him. And I know my life is short, and I want to I walk in all that God wants me to walk in. So I want to understand the kingdom of God. Well, let's look at some of these. The importance of the kingdom of God in the New Testament. The essential thing in the Gospels is the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. The essential things in the gospel is the kingdom of God. A former professor at Gordon-Conwell, where I went to seminary, a man named uh, Gordon Fee. Gordon Fee said this. He said, if we do not understand the kingdom of God, we will totally miss the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't think I'm going to teach you anything new these next three sessions, but what I would like to do is kind of fan in the flame fan the flame of the conversation of what is the kingdom of God and how do we live in it. And it goes hand in hand with abiding in Christ. We can't live in the kingdom of God. We can't D&D the KOG unless we abide in Christ because they go hand in hand. But the heart and the core of Jesus' message was the kingdom of God would be established on the earth. And today... I want to talk about the importance of the kingdom of God in the New Testament. This evening, I would like to say, what is the kingdom of God? When is the kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? And then Monday evening, some practical steps on how we actually live out this kingdom of God. If you will, go into Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. I'm going to run through some scriptures here. What I want to look at is the importance of the kingdom of God in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 3, 1 and 2. And maybe I'll go quicker than you want to go. I don't, I don't like flying through the Scriptures because I want you to see the Scriptures. I want you to understand the Scriptures. I want you to study the Scriptures for yourself. You want to study the Scriptures for yourself. But the kingdom of heaven was the very first thing that John the Baptist preached. We understand that. The kingdom of God must have been pretty important because the kingdom of God was the very first thing that John the Baptist preached. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This woolly guy out in the wilderness, the first thing he came on the scene and said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And, and that word, repent, it means to have an absolute paradigm shift. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. In fact, Jesus, it says in Matthew 4, 17, or let's look at Mark 1, 14 and 15. It said, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So here you've got John the Baptist. He shows up on the scene. There's been 400 years of silence. Nobody has heard a word from God in 400 years. And all of a sudden, here's this woolly guy out in the desert with camel hair and belt and eating crickets and honey and, you know, gnawing, he got gnawing on these things. And all of a sudden, everybody's going out and saying, what is this guy? God has spoken. And the first thing he shows up and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. And then when Jesus came down off of the temptation, Jesus came out and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent means to change the way you think. Turn around in the way you're thinking. It doesn't, repentance isn't necessarily just saying, I'm sorry for my sin, Lord, forgive me. Repentance is thinking in a different way. And I kind of picture, when I was a kid, I liked cowboy movies. And I'd watch cowboy movies. 
And sometimes I, I kind of picture this maybe a little bit of the way it, it looked when Jesus and John came. But when a new cowboy, would come, a new sheriff would come into town. You know, he's got the white hat. He comes in like this. The town has just been upside down with all kinds of stuff. And the new sheriff walks in. He says, boys, there's a new sheriff in town. Things is going to be different. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So here's Jesus, and he comes in, my paraphrase, and he says, boys, there's a new kingdom in town. Things are going to be different. Now, repent. Change the way you think. It's not like the old days anymore. It's not like the old times anymore. There's a new kingdom in town. Repent and change the way you're thinking. Jesus actually even said in Luke 4.43, he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Jesus was sent to the earth. We know a number of other scriptures says he was sent to destroy the works of the devil, etc. But Jesus said, I was sent to preach the kingdom of God. Well, that must be pretty important. That's why he came. He went from town to town preaching the kingdom of God. Jesus spent his three years of ministry on earth declaring and demonstrating the kingdom. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom. What's so good news about the kingdom? The word gospel means good news. And the Bible said Jesus went from town to town preaching the good news of the kingdom. What was Jesus preaching before he started talking about his death, burial, and resurrection? When we say we're going all over the world to preach the gospel, are we stuck in this death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Jesus? I mean, that's absolutely essential, and if that was all there is, that would have been enough. But when Jesus started his preaching and teaching ministry, he wasn't talking about that. But he was preaching good news. Hey, guys, this is good news. Look, I got good news for you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. And what, what, what is that? So there must have been some exceptionally good news about the kingdom of heaven. And we'll talk a little bit more about what it means tonight. But again, the importance in the New Testament. So, so first thing John preached was the kingdom of God. The first thing Jesus preached was the kingdom of God. Jesus illustrated his parables with the truths of the kingdom of God. Matthew 13, 10, and 11, the disciples said to him and asked, Why do you speak to these people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to them, but not to you. So Jesus is talking about, here's this kingdom of God. And by the way, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of Christ, they're all the same thing. They're synonymous. There's not a difference between kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. They mean the same thing. So the disciples says, why are, why are you using parables to talk about this kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, the knowledge of the secrets of kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. What did that mean? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and we know this, we prayed this around the cross this morning. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, at the very heart of the prayer is, your kingdom come. What does that mean? 
Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or praise be to your name. Your kingdom come. What do we mean when we pray that? How do we know if it is or isn't here? Mighty important. Your kingdom come. You know, the Bible says what the Bible says. And the Bible means what the Bible means. But we have to be very, very careful to do what is called exegesis. We draw out of the Scriptures what is there. And sometimes we can read through the Scriptures so fast, and they become so familiar that we pray, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Whoa. Stop. What does that mean? Why was it so important that we pray that? And when I pray it, how will I know it did? What does that mean? Jesus sent out his 12 disciples to declare and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Matthew 10, 5 through 7. Then Jesus, these 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go to the Gentiles or enter any towns of the Samaritans. Go to preach to the lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus said this. Here's what I want you to preach. Boys, I want you, I want you guys to go out and preach. Here's what I want you to preach. The kingdom of heaven is near. That's what you want to preach. Mm -hmm. Later he says, I want you to cast out demons and heal the sick, raise the dead. But the kingdom of heaven is here. Luke 9, 1 and 2. When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority. To drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. That's what he sent the 12 out to do. Guys, 12 of you, I want you to preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out the demons, and tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. Got it? Got it. So that's why he sent the 12 out, what he sent the 12 out to preach. And then Jesus sent, you know, he not only sent out his 12, there were 70. Some versions say 72. But Jesus also sent 72 or 70 out. Do you know what he sent them out to do? I bet you do. Luke 10, verses 1, 8, and 9. After this, the Lord appointed 72, some versions say 70, others, and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So Jesus had a lineup crew. He sent him out from town to town where he was about to go. And Jesus says, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick that are there. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Talk about the kingdom of God. How many days was Jesus on the earth after the resurrection? Remember, Jesus died, rose, he was on the earth before he ascended. Remember how many days he was on the earth? Forty? You know what he focused on in those 40 days? Jesus spent his entire ministry focusing on the kingdom of God. He died on the cross, buried, resurrected. Then he came back, appeared for 40 days before he ascended into heaven. Guess what he talked about? 
If you had 40 days left, what would you talk about? If I say, guys, you got 40 days left, talk about the most important thing you want to talk about. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about what? The kingdom of God. What is so all-fired important about this kingdom of God that even his last 40 days, he spoke about it? And how about this one? Matthew 6, we quote this a lot. But seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. You know what? What, what does that mean? And I'm not asking you to tell me right now, of course. Honestly, what does that mean? If Jesus were standing here this morning with you and me, he stood up on this platform. He said, I want to tell you one thing. Above everything else, this is what I want you to know. This is the most important. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that mean? What would you do when you walked out of here? How, how do you seek the kingdom of God? What is it? And his righteousness. Because that's the most important thing. And that's what we need to know. I'm going to finish up with some verses here. So the book of Acts starts out with the kingdom of God. Verse 1, 3. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Guess what the last verse of the book of Acts talks about? Boldly and without hindrance, Acts 28, 31. Boldly and without hindrance, Paul preached the kingdom of God and talked about the Lord Jesus. And I can go on and on and on and on, but I don't want to go on and on because of my time. Here's the conclusion of just what I wanted to bring out today is this. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? Jesus, John the Baptist came preaching above and beyond all things the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Jesus sent the 12 out to preach the kingdom of God. Jesus sent the 72 out to preach the kingdom of God. And you know the Great Commission? What is the Great Commission? Go ye therefore into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to all nations. What is it we're supposed to preach? And teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. What is it we are supposed to be preaching? We all realize that there's an invisible world around us, right? And like you were saying this morning, when we talk about kingdom, there's got to be a king, right? And this king is over the visible and the invisible. 
And there are things that happen around us that we cannot explain or that we may expect in, in this invisible realm. How many of you, has Dan and Susie Potter spoken here before? You, you remember Dan and Susie Potter? Uh, they said, tell you hello. I checked this story out again before uh, I told this story. What does it mean to live in this kingdom of God? And this is a rather extravagant little story here. It doesn't happen every day. But we don't live like the rest of the world lives. We don't expect things like the rest of the world expects. Dan and Susie have two boys, Josh and Josiah. I once asked Josh and Josiah, I said, boys, what is the greatest thing you've ever seen God do? And Josiah said, raise Joshy from the dead. I'd say, yeah, it's kind of hard to top that one, isn't it there? Dan and Susie used to work in Poland, and uh, they were visiting a home, and there were some steps coming up and a platform, and as they were knocking on the door, little Joshy, who was probably three or four at that time, he fell off backwards, and he landed on his head. And Dan said, when I ran down and I grabbed Joshy, he said, I picked him up and my hand went into the back of his head like it was a crushed egg. Susie's a nurse and she said he had no vital signs, his eyes were rolled back. And she said, my son was, for all intents and purposes, dead. And she said, they called out, oh God, oh God, please spare us this pain. Oh God. Would you give us back our Joshi? And Joshi began to cry. Amulets got there. They got in it, went to the hospital, did x-rays on his head. And the doctor came out and said, there is no indication on this little boy's skull that there's been any injury whatsoever. Now, if I'd hear somebody say that on some American TV programs... I would probably question it and say, you know, I don't know about that. But I know these people. They're absolutely straight up. They probably wouldn't tell you that story. That's, I'm telling. Did they tell you the story? They, they don't tell the story. But these are the things that God can do. Does God always do them? No. Do people die? Yes. Do people's children die? Yes. Well, God spared mine. Well, why didn't he spare mine? I don't know those things. Those are mysteries. I don't know. You know, God was wonderful. He saved my child. Well, why wasn't he wonderful and saved my child? I don't know. God is so, I just don't know. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. His ways and my ways and my thoughts and his thoughts are so minor. I have no clue. But I do know these things happen. These are demonstrations of the kingdom of God. There, there's another story, Dan and Susie, and this is the one that I, when I got over here, I thought about that story, this particular one I'm going to tell you now. And I, I emailed Susie. I said, Susie, am I remembering this correctly? Did this really happen? And she said, yeah, it really happened. They were in, uh, where was Chuchescu? Where was he? Romania. They were in Romania during his reign. <laughs> during his reign. They were distributing Bibles. They had a van. They were distributing Bibles. And there were... Dan, Susie, and I think a couple other people in the van. There were these, these, these mountain roads uh, that were very, very steep, fall off. Uh, 
Jeff and Carmel took me up the, the coast, and, you know, there were some pretty steep things there, but they had guardrails. But there were no guardrails when Dan and Susie were driving on this. And, and they said, and Dan was telling this, and Susie said, yep, this is exactly how it happened. They were going around the outside of the road, and it was straight down. There was no guardrail. There was nothing, nothing going around a big blind curve and this lorry, this big truck came around the corner on their side of the road. Dan couldn't turn this way. He'd hit straight into a wall. Instinctively, Dan jerked the wheel that way. Even when I say this, I don't know if you'll believe it. They said they drove on air. And I said, wait, did you say you drove on air? Yep. We drove on air. And then we pulled back in. Things are not always what they appear to be. This kingdom of God. This kingdom of God. What is it? It's bigger, deeper, more fascinating, mysterious, than what I can get a hold of, but this I know. Jesus came to earth to preach it. Jesus sent his 12 out to preach it. Jesus sent his 72 out to preach it. And not only preach it, but D&D the KOG, declare and demonstrate it. What is it? And then the Bible says, Go ye therefore into all the earth and preach the what? The good news. The good news what? Of the kingdom. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the good news to all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what? And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Not just getting them saved, but teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this is a key. And what? And lo, I am with you always. And that is, that is absolutely core key to the kingdom of God. Jesus saying, I am with you always. We're singing this song, your presence, your presence, your presence, your presence. It's God's presence. The kingdom of God is a declaration and a demonstration of the presence of God. And it was so important. Jesus spent his whole life preaching it and sent the rest of the disciples. And then he sends us to preach it. Now the question is, what really is that? Where is it? When is it? And how do I get a handle on this and do that? And I want to continue on with that a little bit more tonight. Let me pray. Father, Lord, we pray your kingdom come. Help us to understand what that means. Lord, we talk about coming into the kingdom. What does that mean? We talk about preaching the kingdom. What does that mean? Lord, how, how does your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What's the connection there? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does that connect, Lord, with, with miracles and non-miracles and why you do one and you don't do the other and when you do and what you don't do and your presence and... Lord God, we just want to experience all that you have for us and in us as according to your word, Lord Jesus. God, I do not want to die and, and miss out on what it was all about. 
Jesus, open our eyes, Lord, to the reality of what is this kingdom of God and why is it so important for you to come and teach us about it. Amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www.elthambaptist.net.